You know, Dan, I was thinking. What were you thinking, Chris? Sometimes, when I close my eyes, I can't see. That's it, kids. That's FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And everything can be geeky when you love it enough. Starring the inimitable Daniel Carmen, the irrepressible Tanya Metris, the ir- irrecoverable Billy DeTori, and the um, irritable Christopher Frank. I am your host. That is me. My name is Chris, and I am talking to you from the studios of WFC3 somewhere in a secret location on the west side of the city of Rochester, New York, hoping all of you are well, because I'm not. (laughs) Oh, I tell you, we have had the worst luck with technology. Yeah, you know what? We can can complain, and and rightfully so, and we have lots of valid complaints to, uh, to, to voice, but the thing is, is every time we've managed to figure it out. So we have to pat ourselves on. We have to look at the positives. We've been able to get past a lot of the issues and keep on keeping on. And that's important, I think. Today, the answer was, I'm a (laughs) dum-dum. No. What flavor? (laughs) What flavor? (laughs) I just watched Tanya, Tanya the ever-hopeful. Seems to be a favorite in our house. I watched Night at the Museum last night. The big statue goes, Dum Dum. Hey, Dum Dum. Oh, Dum Dum want Gum Gum? <laughs> yep. That's great. Uh, That's great. Dan, Dan, did you like my opening quote for today? Yes, I did. I was, I was, th- I was thinking of you. I was, I was thinking of you when, um, when I, when I picked that one because it's the kind of joke that you would say normally <laughs> back in the day. That's right. When I close my eyes, it's really dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Underneath my clothes, um, completely you know, naked. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was either that one or dance like nobody's watching because they're all—they're not. They're all checking their phones. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to dance like nobody's watching. I do it all the time across my classroom. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. The kids will look up and like, no, don't do that again. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were watching. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing? How are you guys feeling? Doing okay. Doing okay, Billy San. How are you holding up there, buddy? Yeah. Feeling good, uh, nervous. I start a new job tomorrow, so you'll be fine. You I, will be amazing I, at it. I'm not great in new situations and new people. You know, I, I kind of have to work my way through. Just think, they're newness. all naked underneath their clothes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that enticing in some cases. I mean, seriously, what's the first? Per- what if the first person he meets is some guy who's like five eight, four hundred pounds with you know, like with suspenders oh. that are holding on suspenders? That's not a visual you want to be working with on that one. Oh, that's okay. The visuals from our uh, topic for today was not something I want to continue. So, well, too bad. <laughs> I just—I got two words for you there, Tanya dear. What? Legally blonde. <laughs> At least just it's not saying. super cheesy. Just, hey, you know what? And and, and legally blonde isn't. <laughs> not compared to the, the cheesy the in different ways. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that more in the long segment. But you know what? Uh, You're already prescribing a a 2021 uh, sensibility to a yeah. 1975 production. It was right. horrible. So. I, I well, and of course, I, I don't want to give my opinions too early because I I have yeah. some thoughts on that. Yeah, I do too. Both Randy and Mark are like, it's awesome. You need to watch more. I'm like, no. So, 
but we'll, we'll just put that little teaser out for later. Yeah. So, and Daniel, son, how you holding up there, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm back on the chemo, so my my energy levels have been dropping consistently mm-hmm. since I started that up. But um, I don't have the I didn't have the IV, so I'm not feeling all that other crap. So it's not. You're too not bad. as cold this time. No, I don't have the I don't have the cold thing. I just have the lack of the lack of energy and diarrhea. So, oh, great. You know, stuff <laughs> I can do. Yeah, so, so you're really tired, and then you have a hard time getting to the bathroom. Yeah, got it. Well, I got my bag here, so I have to run to the oh, bathroom. Yeah, see, so he's really not, he doesn't have a lot to worry about when it comes to stuff like that. No, okay. just, it just fills up my bag faster, so, you know, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. The great thing about living with an ostomy. Hopefully, yeah, as I was talking about before we started. As I started talk, as I was talking about before we started recording, I, I got my, my second vaccine yesterday. And, um, and of course, you know, me being me, you know, there was, there was a lot of nervous people in line at the convention center. There was a lot of, like this one guy in front of me was just looking around, looking around, looking around, looking around, looking up, looking at his watch. And I'm like, I just out of in- instinct, just like, yeah, right, mate. And he's like, I'm just, I hate needles, man. I'm really nervous about all this whole thing. I go first shot, second, he goes second. I go, well, you've already been through it once. You're fine so far. This is going to be nothing. You're going to be fine. He's like, all right, go. So I just start talking him up, you know, just kind of like calming him down a little bit. And as I walk into the waiting area before you get your vaccine, they've got all the chairs lined up. And it's funny for me because it's in the convention center, right? So we're being, you know, the the the, the original vendor floor is kind of like where we were checking in and, and queuing up. And then panel room one from, from FC3s one, two, and three uh, was where we were waiting. And then the, the, the vaccine areas were set up. Uh, beyond that, you know, in panel rooms two and three in the gaming area, stuff like so people who have been to FC3, that's kind of how they had everything set up. So I walk in, you know, and I'm joking to myself, and I think I made a text message about it the last time. Um, I'm in panel room one right now, um, judging somebody's cosplay or something like that. This lady's cosplay is Nurse Ratchet. She's about to stab me in the arm or something like that. I I don't remember exactly how I put it. Mm -hmm. But I come walking in, and the room is full, and, and, and there's like thousand yard stairs across the room there's nobody surfing their phone or just shooting the shit with the guy next to him or anything like that there's just like a bunch of people just like oh god what's happening what's happening what's happening so i take my seat and i'm sitting there for a moment i look around i'm like so um when's the movie start uh, do we know what do we know what the trailers are going to be this this time around and it's it's almost like the dam broke and there was this this cascade of chuckles across the room and a couple of guys look over at me and I start getting people talking to each other. So I'm doing my use, my usual thing as a bard, right? Kind of breaking, breaking the mood, getting people relaxed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course I have to, you know, maximize my, uh, my entertainment value. When I finally get the shot done, I'm vaccinated. Okay, cool. I go check in with the, the recovery people. Okay, cool. Go sit over there and, and hang out for 15 minutes. Okay, cool. I walk in the only seats right in the middle of the room. And I go walking in the middle and all these people look up from their phones and they're looking up and they look at me and I go, I bet you're wondering why I called you all here today. <laughs> and there's again, chuckling across the room and you know, just doing my part to try and keep people moving. You know, <laughs> right. It's so, Chris being Chris. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I was, I, I, I remember somebody telling me, I think it was Tanya actually, you know, just make sure you're hydrated before, before and after. So I was pushing water and peeing, push pee, push pee. And I'm just, I'm going bonkers on the freaking toilet. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I was peeing every half hour, it felt like. Um, but it's good for and, you. And, yeah. And, and I, you know, I went through my evening and I went to bed last night and I woke up this morning and I really, 
it didn't hit me right off the bat. I got up, I started kind of putting around the house. And as I was telling you guys before we started recording, I started folding some laundry on the couch just about an hour and a half ago. And I went to get up and it was like everything hurts. <laughs> like, hmm. Oh no. I'm like, hmm. oh, I started laughing because I'm like, oh my God, this, this that's real. Holy crap. Hmm. And like every spot of me that normally has some sort of arthritis, my left hand, my knees, my left ankle, just it it's ramped up to 11. I'm like, oh, ow. <laughs> it's just like, wow. wow. <laughs> so I'm trying to, trying to stay loose. I, I, I had some leftovers for breakfast to kind of do a little bit more than just like toast and peanut butter kind of a thing like I normally do. I did, you know, some, some pasta and a meatball and stuff like that. Just try to add a little more extra protein in there. Something a little more filling. And I'm pounding water and I pound in the Tylenol and I'm like, oh my word. And I'm sitting here just kind of going, okay. I'm good. I'm sitting still. Everything's fine. I'm fine. But I can feel myself warming up. Like I can, you know, you know when you're, when you're sick, you can feel that, you know, when your, when your body mm-hmm. heat is starting to increase a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, Dan, not so much after IV, but still, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel that. So it's like, Oh, okay. All right. So this is all very real. Got it. Okay, cool. My body's going, all right, time to get to work here. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I haven't been laid laid asunder at this moment in time, but I'm definitely feeling it. It's like this is a wild kind of kind of ride here at the moment. Hmm. I don't know, but you guys you guys kind of breeze through it, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have yeah. I just a sore arm, so man, that was good. Yeah, I was fatigued uh, about 15 hours or so after my shot. It mm-hmm. was like I bounced up the next morning, went to work. Fortunately, it was a Wednesday remote day. Uh-huh. work and i'm like they're like i'm like yeah my arm's just sore I'm like you wouldn't have thought that i nothing happened right and 15 um, hours that day yeah, because i got my i got my vaccine i think around, around 1 32 one. o'clock in yeah. the afternoon yesterday i showed up at one but it was a little bit of a wait there and um but let me say just you know sidebar the, the people at the convention center who were checking everybody in and getting everybody processed and getting the people the vac they that was a well-oiled machine man they were just cruising it, there was just a lot of people to deal with that's the, that's the only thing that held things up yeah. but they were definitely it was really well done over there um but you were saying i'm sorry yeah so they were saying like um my coworker, his was about 15 hours um mm-hmm. i had my shot about 245 in the afternoon and um mine was more like 21 hours because it was about 12 30 where it hit me where mm-hmm. i just started to get tired like you know like you, you first get up and you're you're um finishing like your cold or whatever that you've been sick and you have a lot of energy like that first day you feel great or whatever yeah and then yeah, yeah, halfway yeah. through the day you're like oh wait i did too much type thing. right um so that's where i was at that i just felt like i had done too much um, it didn't even open my Coke Zero for the afternoon. I went and put that back. In the fridge oh my! Well, that I know, was that's serious. What, I did that is serious. That I didn't open the second <laughs> one. I came home. Um, I told my boss. I said I might have said some said this a little too early about not having any side effects or reactions. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting a little fatigued, and I'm like, do you mind if I go? They're like, he's like, go ahead. I mean, it was like like one fifteen, one thirty. I'd already been on yeah. um, office hours. But you were fine in no time after that. You just kind of yeah, slept so in I, a little I, bit. I went home, climbed into bed, watched Star Wars Clone Wars because I nice. so sent Chris a, uh, uh, a text going, um, I can't find it. He goes, look under the one that says season seven. I'm like, that's just season seven. He goes, no, open it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> there they it are. It is the whole team. <laughs> 
because I saw the 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 first movie that opened it, like the pilot. But then I'm just like, okay, where's the rest of it? <laughs> I'm like, because all I was seeing is the season seven. I didn't realize that they were all buried behind there. Gotcha. Um, so I watched that from like three to eight thirty. Took myself into bed. Had oatmeal for dinner. Took myself. I was in bed the entire time. Got up and mm-hmm. went to work on Thursday. So, I mean, it was just. Yeah, I think I might have been a little warm because I did take um, some Tylenol when I got home. Because mm-hmm. I do recall being a little on the warm side, but it was it was actually a nice day when I came home too. It was like in the sixties, so. Oh, nice. But yeah, yeah. So I came home, tucked myself into bed, relaxed. I think I'm. And- I'm just going to approach this as um, I, I have I have to go forward. That's all there is to it. No matter the uh, what, how uncomfortable you are, I just got to keep pushing. So we'll see what happens. Take everything out on your gaming group today. Oh, that'll be fun. Okay. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. I'll just sit there and go roll for initiative and let them try to figure out what the hell happened. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's my tale of somewhat woe, I suppose. Have you guys been watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier at all? Yes. Oh my God. So I hear good. it's great. I, I'm doing that thing where I'm waiting, and I don't know uh-huh. why I'm waiting because I still haven't gotten the. Hello? Billy Hello? just muted himself. I, I just muted myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not used to this new tech machine I have. Um, uh, I. I I haven't watched WandaVision yet, and you know me, everything's got to be uh-huh. in order. Uh, and now I'm going to have, you know, 20 hours of TV to watch instead of the, you know, just the one I should be watching. Well, next but, Friday, the last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier will drop, so then you can watch all six. You do not need to watch WandaVision before you watch this one. I was going to ask that. No, because, you do not need to do yeah. it. They are not. They are not handholding. What? I said I may watch Wandavision today, just because. There you go. go. But yes, Falcon and Winter Soldier. You you got to watch it so we can start talking about it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We we made sure that we haven't done any spoilers for you. Spoilers. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna not a book club. Both of those series. Uh, when we have an opportunity to make sure that all four of us are caught up on that, because I think that's definitely worth talking about. It's interesting to me, and this is the one thing I'll say, and then we'll move on. Um, It's interesting to me to see how people have been reacting to both of those shows. I mean, you know, insofar as that the greater majority of the opinion has been extremely positive, both are well-written shows. People were a bit soft on uh, WandaVision at first because they didn't quite understand what was being done and then as it progresses it starts to become a clearer picture where you realize this is not just episode to episode to episode it's there's an arc here there's a progression and once you start it starts dawning on you it makes everything more meaningful so that's cool um with falcon and the winter soldier it's more of you know the action movie spread across six episodes of TV, mm-hmm. you know, so you have a little bit more depth than you would have on a big screen event where you're, you know, if, if Falcon and Winter Soldier was an MCU movie, you know, like Ant-Man and Wasp or something like that, it would be a two hour thing. It would be, you'd probably still enjoy it, but the ride or with the progressive 
nature of the character arcs would probably not be as meaningful. Just so you're getting an opportunity to see an MCU movie really kind of, I, I don't want to use the term stretched out because that kind of gives you a connotation that it's, it's, they're, they're like trying to push for things, but it's, it's more fulfilled. I think that's probably a better way of saying it. And that's just my opinion. But it's also interesting to see some people kind of like slam it because they're like, well, they shouldn't be attacking some of these these particular, you know, social, you know, commentary pieces or something like that. It's just, it's too, it's too much. Shut up. <laughs> you know, this, this, this is one guy I watch his YouTube channel every so often. He was like, well, it's suffering from woke disease. And I'm like, oh, shut the hell up. Turn it off. Moving on. It's Why like, are the people that complain about cancel culture always the ones that really are the ones trying to cancel something? Oh, we don't have time for that conversation. That'll today. be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> That's a podcast waiting to happen right there. That's I'll tell you what, Billy, I think I'm gonna have you and Tanya on Dan and Chris Save the World because that's a topic that is exactly geared for that particular podcast. <laughs> because no we are going to go Mr. No one's canceling Mr. Potato Head. No one's canceling Dr. Seuss. No, no. one's can and oh God, I yeah. hate that. Yeah, that drives me a little on the bonker side, too. Okay, so we will yeah, schedule the, that those... for uh, yeah. Dan and Chris Save the World. Yeah, you come come join us some night, and, and mm -hmm. when we do that, and, and uh, we're going to have that conversation, because that is a tremendously non-geeky, severely political conversation. Mm -hmm. Because there's some people out there who have to have their heads clapped together. That's all there is to it. Or examined. Or ex Well, examined and then okay. clapped together. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to at this point start a topic after the break, and we're going to hear Tanya call something cheesy at least. I'm Dan. What are you thinking? Maybe twelve, thirteen times. Probably at least. Give or takes. So we're going to have yeah. a running office starting back 12, then 13 at this point. Or or are we including the ones I already said? Uh, starting then. Okay. Right? Okay. Challenge see, see, accepted. Yeah, so she's going to try and find other ways to say it now. We're just going to ding her for it anyway. Because nothing nothing bothers an English major like another English major monitoring her. Say, oh, saying, no. well, that's, you or, just said that. Or, <laughs> or something that is completely spelled wrong and uh, grammatically incorrect. And yeah, that doesn't even, never mind. We're not going yeah. to. Yeah. I've been teaching math. You're an English major. I'm a math teacher. You're an oh, English yeah. major. Yeah, that happened the other day. This okay, was an argument that Tanya and I had the other night. <laughs> in my defense, I'd been drinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did another math thing earlier that night that was actually correct, but 2003, 2013, eh, they both ended three. <sighs> Leave me alone. Yes, dear. All right. So anyway, I'm going to say let's take a quick break. And when we come back, today's long segment, we are going to go back to our old fashioned, not a book club. And we're going to talk about the 1975 series Space 1999. Space 1999 is a science fiction television program that ran for two series from 1975 to 1977. In the opening episode, set in the year 1999, nuclear waste stored on the moon's far side explodes, knocking the moon out of orbit and sending it, as well as 311 inhabitants of moon base Alpha, hurtling uncontrollably into space. 
Space 1999 was the last production by the partnership of Jerry and Sylvia Anderson and was the most expensive series produced for British television up to that time. The first series was co-produced by ITC Entertainment and Italian broadcaster RAI, while the second series was produced solely by ITC. In the opinion of this particular podcaster, Space 1999 was essentially the British answer to Star Trek, which had closed up shop many years earlier uh, and was just starting to find success in syndication at this point. Instead of creating a cool spaceship, because British science fiction uh, was always well known for having such a great budget for special effects, I say that as sarcastically as possible, being a Doctor Who fan, um, they decided, well, how do we do this? as uh as cool as possible well let's just go ahead and blow up the whole damn moon and send it out into space that'll be fun so that's crazy. there you have it i think it was the moon was, into space was crazy yeah. <laughs> it was it was such an interesting thing now i think because because after tanya and i watched the first episode or, or most of it until she could like st until she started complaining so loudly that i gave up um <laughs> But I did go back and watch a couple more episodes uh, throughout the season one and a couple of season two episodes over the over the past couple of days. Mm -hmm. And I here's the thing for me, and this is it's almost like a Mandela effect. I don't remember a lot of the episodes that actually aired when I was a kid. I don't remember them because I was watching them again, going, "What's this all about?" I'm watching them yesterday, like yesterday. I'm watching this episode, going, "I don't remember this episode at all." So it's almost for me, it's like, I remember the first impression that I had as a kid on the the visuals of it, you know, in 75, 76, 77. Come on, Star Wars had not hit yet. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I think it was pretty cutting edge FX for, for a show of that type in that era. Um, you know, so, I, but I think I'm just, I think a lot of my, my assessment that the show was blisteringly cool was from a five-year-old's perspective. And I never actually like went back and experienced it again to, to kind of reformat my thinking. I don't know if anybody else is kind of sharing that opinion or not, but yeah, I, I remember playing with the, I remember having a, a friend of my head, the, 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 the ships, the Eagle ships, whatever. The Eagle. And I, yeah. And I, he had a couple of yeah. those. And I remember just going to his house. We played with those for hours and hours. My favorite toy to play with. I just, I loved the, the ship at the time, but I don't, it, I, I, had back, one too. I didn't remember yeah. this. I didn't remember the series. That much. I didn't remember like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't remember much of anything about it except for the ship. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was telling Tanya, I remember for Christmas one year, my parents gave me the the full Eagle playset, and this thing was mm -hmm. as big as a coffee table. It was huge. It was right? great. It was huge. And <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me there. Um, but yeah, and I remember having a lot of fun with that and, and just having my own adventures. I don't think the, you know, the TV series was probably playing in the background. I remember the, the music and the visual aspect of it, the uniforms. And of course, growing up in the seventies, the fact that the uniforms had bell bottom, bell bottom uh, pants <laughs> did not occur to me at all when I was five, you know, it didn't bother me in the slightest. It was, it was modern fashion. That's I look right. at it now. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That was, you know, that was a little weird. All right. Okay. <laughs> it didn't age. Yeah. And, so, and just but, to, um, uh, to, to reinforce what you guys are saying, like I, I'm a little bit older than you guys, um, uh, mm -hmm. and a lot older than Tanya, and I, I remember it being sort of shown back to back with Star Trek reruns on Saturday nights, and uh -huh. Uh -huh. I watched Space 1999 occasionally, always Star Trek, 
And I didn't remember the Space 1999 episodes. And I actually liked them better now than I did then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I got a big kick out of the show watching it. I, I mm-hmm. like I said, I liked it better now than I did then. And okay. I know Tanya's going to say it's cheesy, but it brought me back to a time <laughs> where I'd sit in front of the TV on a Saturday night from like six to eight mm-hmm. o'clock and watch things happen in space and in the future, doing things that mm-hmm. you couldn't imagine happening. I wish I'd remember the context of when it was made when I watched these kind of shows because, I mean, they're not right. going to stand up to the time if right. you think about it compared to today's, you know, technology and everything like that. But, I mean, if you think – if you try to put yourself back in that time, it's like, okay, you know, it was good for that time and everything. Yeah. I, it, it, I remember watching it occasionally when I was 10, 11 years old and thinking it was like the craziest looking show I'd ever seen. Yeah, you know, I, I, I got well, a big I, kick out of watching it again. Although I can, can I mention one problem I had, and this is in my own brain, and I've mentioned uh-huh. my sort of needing to watch things in order, and as a completist, I didn't realize until I Wikipedia'd this because after watching an episode of TV, now I like to go online, sort of research it, and see what people th- think of it, and that. They completely fireflied this show in, yes, in they America. Did. They yep. showed it completely out of order, and once I found that out, it it pissed me off. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> and that I, I yeah, like Ray Dutrice's character, for instance, I should have watched him in a different order, and that frustrated me. Yeah, like Ray Dutrice's character, the, 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 the okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay, I was going to say, like, like oh, <laughs> uh, we got to be in the same room soon. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to speak to Billy's point about them showing the the episodes out of order because, like, Roy Dutrice, the actor um, who who voiced most of the audiobooks for for Game of Thrones uh, before he passed away, uh, he played a commissioner, right? And I believe the commissioner character here's a spoiler who uh gets killed off in one of the episodes but he shows up in the first episode then disappears and he pops up in another episode and dies and then he pops up in a third episode it's like wait what <laughs> it's, it's like wait a second here <laughs> so yeah billy you're right they fireflied that damn thing it was it was weird so but you were saying dan sorry go I was ahead say, the british shows didn't always get love on american television Mm-hmm. It, to the point where yeah. British shows a lot of time, like Monty Python wound up on PBS, you know, but mm-hmm. if, what, was this show a network show or was it syndicated in America? Sin- I think it was a, it was a syndicated show. Okay. I don't remember. Because what, like here uh, in Rochester, if it was, if it was, was ITC, a- I could almost guarantee yeah. it. It was on I'm channel 10 here in Rochester. My, my signal's breaking up here. Oops. That's okay. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying it was on Channel 10 here in Rochester because it was on mm-hmm. as a double thing with Star Trek. But I didn't know if back then Channel 10 was a CBS affiliate, if CBS affiliates carried it as a network mm-hmm. show or if it was syndicated to whoever wanted to show it. See, I'm glad you said that, Billy, because in my head, 
I automatically ascribe ITC productions to PBS because ITC was always mm-hmm. for me, it was, it was, um, you know, British television, European television. And that automatically to me, because of the way I was mm-hmm. raised always meant I, I, cause I could have sworn I saw that on channel 21 rather than channel 10, but you're, you're telling me otherwise. And I have no, no way to argue that point, but I'm just, I'm had locked in because of my own kind mm-hmm. of, I guess, stereotyping of how they, how they fit. And, and because you're so. probably not aware of this and I, no, because I'm like a pop culture trivia nerd. It, it had a mm-hmm. following in America. Martin, Mull, uh, not Martin Mull, Martin Landau and uh, Landau. Barbara Bain were mm-hmm. the stars of Mission Impossible. So mm-hmm. them reuniting right. for Space 1999 was a thing. You mm-hmm. know, it was a, a reason. And they were Americans married for a long time, weren't they, those two? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I remember chatting yes. with Tanya about that when we were watching it. Um, well, what, what was it about the show that we thought it, it, was it the visuals only? Was there anything about this? Because sh- I'm going to let Tanya have at it short lor- in, in, a, in short order, right? Because <laughs> I know that there are things that we want to talk about from the 2021 perspective, right? But what what was it about the show that that attracted our attention so much? What what was it that made it the the phenom that we still talk about today. <coughs> Excuse hmm. me. Are we having that hard of a time coming up with something? Uh, apparently, <laughs> the silence speaks a thousand words here. But uh, oh, gee, maybe you guys are more into my no, camp now. <laughs> no, I, I, I had a cough, so I muted myself. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was, I think it was definitely the visuals because, like I said, yeah, I watched it with Star Trek. And Star Trek plots, I right. remember. Space 1999, not so much. And you said the same thing, Chris. Mm-hmm. You didn't remember yeah. episodes. Yeah. I remembered Star Trek episodes, but not Space right. 1999 episodes. But I do remember what that show looked like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the so attraction. Star Trek, Star Trek the is in our consciousness because of the stories it told in the characters. Where space 1999 is the visuals and and the there's a certain imagination level obviously for both shows but there there was a certain i think i think night space 1999 had almost kind of a more realistic feel to it i mean the eagle looked like it could have evolved from the apollo program mm-hmm. whereas yeah. you know the enterprise does not the enterprise is definitely something that came from an imagination far ahead of its time right so what the eagle was tangible. It was it was something you could look at. You could see, you know, you could see Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo in it. You know, you, with the the directional thrusters and the engine bells and things like that. There were and the in the way that the the nose cone, the the cockpit section was shaped. It, there was there were things you could just kind of see a lineage. And then there, I felt that gave it more of an attachment to folks who were into that sort of thing. On a, on a different front, <clears throat> and I remember mentioning this to Tanya the other night. Um, Star Trek espoused diversity but it was all american actors playing different ethnicities and different cultures and and trying to do their best like you know scotty james Doohan was a canadian trying to be a scotsman you know uh george takei is is definitely a japanese man so obviously that's that fit really well but um i can why am i i can see his face check off holy cow uh, Koenig, Walter Walter Koenig. Koenig. yeah walter koenig um you know playing a russian so there was a lot of you know, bringing that diversity through representation, 
by portraying it. Whereas Space 1999, when you looked at main mission control there, you're seeing people from all around the world. You know, the actors and actresses were definitely the culture that they that the character hails from. They wrote the character around the that the actor's ethnicity, which I thought was really kind of cool. So Star Trek kind of set the set the tone for diversity, and 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 set how you can see the world more universally. Uh, and then Space 1999, in my opinion, really did a, a great job of making it normal, making it more prevalent and putting it right out in the open and saying here to here here we are it's, here's here's everybody in the world represented together hmm. which i thought was was a kind of a cool thing i, I remember noticing that so see and, and until um, i was re-watching it I, I watched like three i watched three episodes i didn't realize uh -huh. it was a british show until three watching mm -hmm. because when i was 10 11 years old it was just a show that was on uh -huh. Saturday nights and I didn't pay yeah, attention to fair. sort of the, you know, Martin Mall and Barbara Bain are American and they were the You're stars, stuck on Martin so. Mall. Martin Landau. Martin, Mar Mar Jeez. Martin, Martin Lawrence. I, I want to put Martin Lawrence in there. <laughs> now that would be a, there would be a Space 1999 remake. I'd like to see as Martin Lawrence as Commander Koenig. That would be amazing. <laughs> that, that would be funny. Um, you know, Okay. Where was I? I know I was thinking of something. I hate it when that happens. I do this every week now. Every week now, there's a point, and it just slips away because I'm old. Uh, never mind. I'll move on to something else. Go ahead, Tanya. Tell, tell us what you thought. Uh, First, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tell me something good. Tell me anything that you may have saw, something that you saw potential in. Tell me something good. Tell me that you liked it. I can't do that. <laughs> Nothing at all, Tanya. Nothing at all. Why? What was so bad? I I just I just oh. the, okay. Can, oh, I, I have a question, Tanya. Do, yeah, do you find it harder to watch than the original Star Trek? Um, I would think that the original Star Trek would probably, it, it would probably be just as cheesy that I probably couldn't go back and watch it. Um, I don't know. I'm like just watching the, the, just the opening and the flying over the moon. I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. And Chris is like, no, no, give it a couple minutes. Give it a couple minutes. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a couple minutes. And I'm like, it's no. You see, that's the thing is, I was horrible. begging her to give it a couple of minutes, but no, she'd already made up her mind. That was, I was, I <laughs> was, was dealing like, with. I tried. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you did. I was watching. I was like, okay, and like looking at. I'm like, I, re I remember the point that I was going to make earlier, though. I mean, okay. that, that you know, here's the thing, we. I'm, let me give Tanya a moment to kind of crystallize her thoughts here. I think one of the things that drove me kind of kind of to giggling in, in my recent rewatch the past couple of days, there's an episode where, where the great English actor Brian Blessed is in it, right? And there's this, this whole thing about immortality and whatnot. But I'm watching these British actors, and it's very plain to me that the difference between American TV and British TV is American actors – they train to be on the screen, uh, either small or large. 
You know, a lot of actors these days, they train for the camera being in their face. British actors train from the stage. In my opinion, they are more bred for the stage than they are the screen. And a lot of them make the transition to the screen, right? So American actors will go from, from screen to stage. British tend to go from stage to screen. And because of that, I see these characters, especially in the 60s and 70s, Doctor Who is notorious for this outlook on life, where they are playing to people in the back row when everybody's in the front. They are over the top. It is just, oh, I'm now looking for the humans. It's like, okay, dude, you got to take a Ritalin. <laughs> you know, it's, and, and Brian Blessed is just this icon. He's a legend. He's an amazing human being. And this personality that when he walks onto a stage, he will own the entire theater within two words of his first line. He's just that dynamic of a personality. But when you box him in on a TV show, in a, on a small screen with the camera right there, it's overwhelming. It really is overwhelming. Now, I don't know if anybody, if, do any of you share that? D disagree? Agree? Am I in, the, in, a, in a ballpark or not? Or I, I, I do agree with you. I was just thinking of something. Uh, okay. In, in terms of Tanya not liking... This show, and I know my wife Susan, if she had watched it, she wouldn't like it because I sort of know her tastes. And um, right, and not liking things that are older. Do you think that's a male-female thing? If Chris, if you put Ian and Jules in the same room and had them watch this, would would Jules dislike it and Ian like it? Do you think? I think because they would. I think they would honestly. I think they would both hate it. Okay. I think they would both hate it, knowing my kids. Because I remember, you know, watching the original Star Wars trilogy with my son was easy when he was five, six, seven, right? He loved it just for the same reasons I did. The dynamics, the visuals, you know, the, the spaceships flying around, the, the, the gunfights, et cetera, the sword fights. You know, that was cool, but you're really not paying attention to the details of, of what's going on. You and I and Dan and, and Tanya, we've all grown up to appreciate the story of the Star Wars movies. You know, and, and just kind of enjoying, you know, what what the universe was built to be like for that particular story. And uh, and I remember sitting there, I think it was just a couple of years ago, we were, we were hanging out, you know, Ian and Jules were both over and he wanted, you hey, know, let's watch a movie. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to bring on the original Star Wars um, by the, and he was like, okay, cool. Star Wars. All right, cool. By a few minutes into Tatooine, he was already in his room playing video games on his computer. He, he got up, just walked out. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll catch up with you. I'm like, oh, okay. And up the stairs he went, and that was that. He was done. Um, it's it's about, and and I Mike DiGiorgio said this great one. We're, we, he and I were on Evan Dawson's show, Connections, talking about Star Wars with Jack Garner, which, by the way, was surreal for me, okay? <laughs> it was in the early, early days of FC3, and, and, and Mike brought me on board to be with Evan, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. He goes, yeah, you're, you're going to be a geek expert, so go ahead. I'm like, all right. Um, and we were talking about it, and Mike is like, we're so mad at Star Wars because it didn't age with us. It stayed in a certain kind of demographic. And I'm wondering if Space 1999 is kind of the same effect in its own way where we remember it fondly because we were into that sort of thing back in the day, back in the 70s, and it was so uncommon 
to have something we could really like because sci-fi and fantasy was was treated like stepchildren you know to to quote unquote regular tv to mainstream cinema to mainstream entertainment this was all just throwaway stuff to to fill in the, the masses to please the kids right and and so we look at it with wonder because this is what um, we really liked to see, and and so we we romanticize it, and we remember playing with the toys, and we remember the visuals, and we remember the the, the music, and and to the I tell you what the the theme to Space Nineteen Ninety Nine has earwormed in my head the past forty eight hours, and I'm doing everything I can to get it out, but I can't. It's been unsuccessful so far, and uh, you know it's pure. It's pure disco space opera, the theme of the theme alone. Um, and now here we are looking at it from 2021, where we've had the sequel and the prequel trilogies. We've had Star Trek movies. We've had streaming services. We have the MCU and the DCEU and, and Michael Bay movies and more CGI than we know what to do with. And we look at the eagle being careening over the, the lunar landscape on wires. And you can see the wires once in a while, and you're like, okay, you know, what happened? Maybe that's yeah. part of it. And, and little, that the, 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 old, the old style effects just felt good. It, it, it didn't seem to, mm -hmm. it, it, it didn't, I don't know, overwhelm me. Right. I guess. You know, the, right. the, the simpleness just sort of, it, it, it just felt good to put it simply right I, and i think that is that's a thing that needs to be you know we kind of need to lean on and and um you know there was a simplicity to it but it was it was advanced for when we first saw it it was it, when it made its first impression on us it was advanced enough to make a first a positive first impression whereas with tanya unfortunately she did not grow up with this stuff she didn't think about the stuff you know this was not important to her she grew up on star wars she grew up on the star trek movies you know uh you know fantasy movies labyrinth uh princess bride stuff like that um so when you look at something from 75 from 2021 viewpoint yeah cheesiest cheesy as all hell well and also i'm i'm thinking i'm like when this came out i was three so mm -hmm. ages three to five that wouldn't necessarily had been in my wheelhouse at that point when between 1970, 1975 and 1977. Absolutely. Uh, um, so I think that's one thing right there. And I'm like, I've hopped into like shows from the seventies and I'm going down the list of shows of the ones that I watched, whether it was late seventies, early eighties, and, and mm -hmm. the ones that I would watch, all in the family was one of them, Bewitched, um, the Bob Newhart show, I think. Mm -hmm. I would not watch bon Bonanza, but I know people love it. Um, that's just not me. Um, Brady Bunch. Um, mm -hmm. I don't believe I watched Charlie's Angels when it was out, but I watched the movies. Um, Chips was a favorite of mine. Um, okay. Dallas, different strokes, um, Dukes of Hazard, Facts of Life, because um, these are all alphabetical. I did not watch Dragnet. I did not watch Get Smart. I did wa did not watch Gomer Pyle, USMC. Um, uh, I don't know about Good Times. I did not watch Green Acres. No Gunsmoke, but I did watch Happy Days. I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, no Hawaii Five-0. I loved Hogan's Heroes. Um, 
but I, it was 1965, 1971, but I watched it probably later when it was in syndication. Yeah, those were reruns like crazy. Reruns. Um, I Dream a Genie would have been reruns. Um, the Jeffersons. Um, not Knott's Landing. Uh, I can hear the theme songs from almost all these shows that you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> 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 uh, Shirley was a favorite also. Um, Love Boat. Um... I was not a MASH person. I loved Mission Impossible, but I don't think it was the original one. Um, I think it was, because this was in 66 to 73, it might have been that one that they reshowed. Mork and Mindy, mm-hmm. Muppet Show, um, Three's Company. That's pretty much it on there. And you can actually see that that my, and then Only Child, Girl, different shows would be would be playing it was um in my house like i could watch them up the show on sesame street and i remember the donnie marie show watching that when i was younger because i had the the play set so i think it's Mm -hmm. so now going back in and i'm like yeah i i've heard i've heard of it whatever it's come through but it wasn't something that had like passed my wheelhouse. So I think trying to get into it now when it wasn't something that I had had any idea about then, I think that's originally like I put it right up there with watching like red dwarf and um, like the, the classic doctor who I just couldn't get into it. I Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand it. And watching Space 1999 when uh, Martin Landau's character is like walking towards the the pillar to talk to the commissioner or whatever, I'm just like, me, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, so where's the camera so so the commissioner can see him? Because he's like coming, I'm like, I'm looking at it too, like critically type thing going, okay, it kind of reminded me of someone's living room set and not necessarily like a spaceship that. So I, I don't know. It was just, I just couldn't get past it for me. That, that's me, but you guys can love it all you want. <laughs> There's enough love from the rest of the panel that I don't need to love it. <laughs> I love how they had the clickers to open the door. <laughs> Their little yeah. thing they carried around and they had to point yeah. at the door to open the door. So I thought, <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting because then that was basically that was like their their communicator plus mm-hmm. their their access tool. So you know, like a commander could get anywhere in the base, but you know, so, uh, like a regular good old fashioned crewman might not be able to get to sensitive locations because their clicker right. wouldn't get the, that door to open. I thought it was an interesting kind of a thing. It was, you know, it's a um, little awkward. I, I remember the anything, um, but yeah. Well, yeah, I, I remember you know. You know, the, their their version of the phaser was kind of interesting. You know, mm-hmm. the you know, I remember I remember copying it with Legos, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm making one surprised. out of Legos and kind of going, "Okay, that's so cool." Yeah. Well, for the the time the time frame that it is, it had such like advanced idea ideas, such as mm-hmm. being able to pilot the eagle remotely. Yeah. Um, and being able to see that type, I'm like, okay, I'll give him that. But then trying to lift the radioactive things out with a huge magnet, I'm like, mm, I that just like suspended disbelief for me. I'm just like, mm-hmm. mm, nah, I can't do 
that. Really? That, that yeah. did it? <laughs> that was one of the things that did it. I, I wonder if it, for this show came out a few years after uh, Man Landed on the Moon. In 1975, mm-hmm. I wonder if the producers, writers thought that that was going to be a real version of 1999, if we were going to be that far advanced. Probably. Yeah. They probably thought that we were heading in that direction. They didn't think we'd stop. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's the thing is, I don't think anybody really truly understood that we were just going to stop. You know, if, that's... An Apple TV, yeah, they have a series stuff. called For All Mankind. I don't know if you, any of you have seen it. I've seen the first season, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm liking it. It's, you know, it's, a, it's an alternate reality where the Russians got to the moon first. And it started up a moon race. So we're, you know, we're living on the moon more, you know, we're, you know, it continued on when the moon continued. And I, and I was just, I had to compare, you know, the size of the, the base, the head and that, that, which is in second season, it, it grew, but it's still very small and tight compared to the roomy, spacious moon base head in space, 1999, which is, you know, these are, are very huge and generous areas in that, in, you know, a moon base there, which I was kind of a, I was kind of mm-hmm. watching. I, I kind of got that for Discovery too. Watching, watching Discovery, how big, how big and roomy the ship was. At the Discovery is how these rooms are. They're huge. These rooms are and the Discovery bigger than my house. It seems, and it was just, yeah. you know, and I'm like, why? Well, you know, it just seems so inefficient to build a spaceship like you know, just the huge monster waste of space. When you get, you know, it's like, and so I kind of, I just kind of think about that when I saw the the moon base in space eighteen space nineteen ninety nine and how much space there actually was in it and and these these rooms were huge and you know but yeah mm-hmm. so yeah well you know it's and that's always going to be a thing is you're going to always the future is always going to what was the point i wanted to make something the roominess of it i think that's the thing is because we always talk about how the very first american spaceships the mercury capsules you know, Tiny. a Mercury capsule could fit in my home office, mm-hmm. right? This t- this ten by eleven by eight room could you could stuff a, a Mercury capsule in here, yeah. and you imagine going up into space, basically wearing a man maneuvering unit, it's crazy, and coming back down just in that same that same mm-hmm. thing. You know, it's like being launched in a Footlocker, right? Yeah. And and you know, so it, it revolves. You know, Gemini, Apollo, um, the, the the space shuttle was well known for being fairly roomy compared to Apollo, obviously, especially when mm-hmm. you put the space lab in the in the cargo bay. Right, um, and that's the thing they talk about with like Dragon capsule and and Starliner and things like that is is the roominess, the space, and and so space is the final frontier in terms of how big is the actual spaceship. You know, mm-hmm. that's a that's a thing. Yeah, so, and Star Trek or Star Wars really kind of amplified that to a whole order of magnitude of how epic and massive their their ships are you know that's, yeah but that's think about thing. it we have an aircraft carrier that has what five thousand people on it and it's smaller than these, yeah. these ships are these spaceships are you know yes <laughs> yeah you think about that i mean just think about the comparison of what our military does for you know you know these are giant you know bases on sea but and they hold thousands of people and they're smaller than these spaceships which hold the fraction of the amount of people <laughs> <laughs> and it's harder to build something up in space than it is in the water there. So it's, it's, yeah. It's, oh man. No, I'm looking at a different <clears throat> space show. Cause like what I, when people say space, I'm like, either you go to the final frontier, these other voyages, 
<laughs> or like you guys jumped to space 1999 when I hear space I I'm like above and beyond um because there was that TV show that <laughs> only lasted one yeah. season or two, it says two seasons but it truly was only like um one ran for um one from 95 to 96 due to low ratings and mm-hmm. that was one I loved but it it got canceled because it was on Fox um but I don't know. It was, that's, a, it's not like I don't like sci-fi because everyone knows that I do like sci-fi. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I can't do sci-fi from early, early. That early? Yeah. Not the, the fuck early after, 19th. <clears throat> I'm ahead. sorry, Chris. No, go ahead, Chris. You got a thought. No, you're fine. I was going to say, I, apparently I, 1977 I, is as early as. Tanya can get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that sort of feeds into my question in that, you no, know, 1977 was Star Wars. And after that came sort of a wave of, of science fiction movies and TV shows. But like, well, Battlestar Galactica, the original one with Lauren Green. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Buck, I, just the other night I was watching a rerun of Buck Rogers with Gil yeah. Gerard. Yeah, that was great. I loved it. Oh, wow. okay. I, I did too, and the actor that played Tweaky just passed mm-hmm. away, I think, mm-hmm. yesterday or two days ago. Oh, yeah. Days, yeah. But, yeah, Felix Silva. But I, I was curious if Tanya's ever seen Buck Rogers. Does that does that still look too old, even though it was post-Star Wars? Um, If I have seen Buck Rogers, I've probably only seen an episode or two. So it's not one that, because that would be another one that, that probably Chris and Mark and uh, uh, Randy would love. <laughs> because uh, it's based on a character from like actually the I hated Buck Rogers. Did you? Did you really? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I hated it. Really? Why? Why is that? I just, I it was. Show. Well, the thing about Buck Rogers for me is that at that by the point by the time I started really watching it, um. I, I had seen Star Wars. I had seen Space 1999, Star Trek. I had seen Battlestar Galactica and, and everything that had come just before it or just around it. And I, I, because I was raised on PBS, I was raised on Doctor Who and All Creatures Great and Small and Masterpiece Theater and all that stuff, I was already aware of, of the dichotomy between you know European television and American episodic churn-out-the-product television. You know, even at 10 years old, I was making commentary about it to people. And and so Buck Rogers just seemed to be the next, here's an American take on, you could put anybody in this part. You could paint the uniform any, any way. Okay, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. The entire episode will unfold itself. And I just wanted Buck Rogers to actually be reskinned to what it was supposed to be. Battlestar Galactica season two. That was the that was the way I looked at it. I'm like I wanted more Battlestar Galactica because, like Dan, I liked the show. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I have not stuck with it as he has, you know. But for me, when they canned it and they started bringing in Buck Rogers and they started bringing in all these other things that were like short lived, you know, one season or, or half season wonders, it was like okay, can we just have stuck with the thing that we already started and liked, you know? And and so I just I I, I never liked it. I n- not to not to shade. Gil Gerard, because I thought he was cool, and Erin Gray, I thought she was great, but the, the story itself, I'm like, I can live happily without this right now. Be fine. So, there's my two cents on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could Space 1999 
be remade and updated. There was talk of that. Space 2099? Yeah. 2099? <laughs> there, there was actually talk of uh, Space 2099. Where the heck did I see it? I don't know. Hold on. That's so cool, though. I didn't know that. Oh, it wouldn't be the same, though. Yeah. Actually, I think the show Dan brought up for all mankind mm -hmm. is the direction Space 1999, a current version may go in. Sort of an alternate reality type of thing. Is for all mankind, and, and pardon my ignorance on it, because I know the show exists, but I don't know much about it. Is it a documentary or a drama? It's drama. a drama. It's on it's Apple drama? TV. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's just, yeah, it's just what would have happened if the Russians got there first? It actually became more of a competition. So, you know, it's we had to one, one up each other type of thing. So, you know, they, they got there, so we had to get there. You know, then they had a woman okay. astronaut, so we needed women in our space program. Mm -hmm. Well, new um, new space nineteen ninety nine. It was coming February twenty twenty one from Big Finish. Um, the full cast audio retelling um, was back oh. for three episodes through Big Finish. That's an um, audiobook. That's an audiobook. Um, yeah. Let's see what else I found. But they were talking about. The Space 19 will, will relaunch with a pilot episode breakaway. It's being rebooted with a new cast. So, uh, oh, that's talking about the big finish stuff. Still. Oh, okay. Audio adventures. Yeah. Yeah, but I did see something about Space 2099. Yeah, something to I think did. about, I suppose. We'll look into that. Uh, canceled. Uh, <laughs> Space 2099. <laughs> Whoops. Giant freaking robot was through that. Oh, that was from seven years ago. Yeah, I think it's probably dead in the water. Yeah. Eh. 2015... Oh, that's only six years ago. Uh, only. <laughs> that's a long time in the movie world there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Ooh, but on IMDb, the uh, the um, visual of what they had for Space 2099 looks really cool. Yeah. I mean, they're still talking. They're talking about another reboot of Battlestar Galactica right now. So, you know, it's, who, knows, who knows what's going to happen? Actually, I think that... I think that's starting to fall through because the person who was slated to be, I just heard this the other day. I wanted to do some more reading on it for nerd world news. Um, but I believe the person who was slated to be the showrunner of the Battlestar reboot jump ship. And There's so that a kind of made the whole house of cards start to okay. a bunch of on this jump I'm ship. I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm wondering if that one might not be. No, we're not no, holding our breath for that one. No. Yeah, right. the last thing on Google was from January of 2021. Okay. Is uh, regards to Battlestar Google, oh, Google. <laughs> Galactica. Uh... Well, I mean, there's been talking about Buck Rogers reboot. Um, last day, really? With George Clooney attached to it. Really. <laughs> Yeah. Hold on, I'm looking that one up too. Uh, February fourth, twenty twenty one. 
Yeah, so that's fairly recent that he was. He's oh, been attached it's a to it. space doc. Oh, there it is. They wanted to do movies and TV for it. <laughs> but, you know, it's again, it's that just. That would be interesting. But will it happen? Um... Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. The Buck Rogers estate, overseen by the Nolan Family Trust, is looking to put an end to this reboot and has sent a cease and desist letter via mail and email to Michael Ross, legendary entertainment EVP of business affairs. Um, it says the estate contends that the Buck Rogers interests have already penned an agreement with David Ellison's Skydance Productions to exploit the property. Uh, mm-hmm. It says, a cease and desist letter does not mean much unless you're willing to back it up with an actual lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're familiar with how that works. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> so it's all in the... Yeah, so it's all, who knows? Not, none of these were going to happen until they actually happen, so I'm not holding my breath for any of these. Right. It'd be yeah. cool, but... Well... You know what, listeners? It's time for you to tell us what you think about the show. If you've listened to it, if you've uh, watched it, if you have any interest in it whatsoever, you got to let us know what you're thinking about it. And, you know, some of the other things we talked about, Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica and all sorts of stuff going on out there. Uh, so give us your two cents, and uh, and we'll be happy to, to cash it in and give you your change back. So we'll see what happens next. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a, guess what? Guess what's coming? It shouldn't be a surprise. It's a thing. It's your question of the week. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, and every other folk in between hope you guys are having a great time so far we as always are are laughing our butts off um you know tanya's picking on us we're picking on tanya and 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 all sorts of things as as per usual and and we're getting a big giggle because there's a high level potential now that all four of us are vaccinated that we are going to be able to start like seeing each other in person again soon so that's kind of cool that'll be a lot of fun I want to throw it out to the dear listeners to to give us a, a suggestion of something that we can not a book club that mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily, per se, say it's cheesy within the first 30 seconds. So give me a chance. So knowing that what I like and what I don't like, which most of the FC3 folks should know by now, get, give us something mm-hmm. that, we could, that we could watch, whether it's sci-fi, whatever. But please, no Westerns. Just, that, that's one thing. Just please no. Damn it. I was um, going to say Silverado, too. <laughs> you know, I think I might have seen that one. Um, That's a I mean, good movie. That is a good I movie. Like. I didn't say it wasn't. Somewhere there's a documentary <laughs> about westerns. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's no, what we need but, to find. I mean, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I've watched Tombstone. I've watched whatever, and and I'm like, those those are different. I've watched Wild Wild West because it's got like a comedy aspect to it. But give us something to to like dive deep in because you want to hear our take on it i mean we can come up with our own list i mean on thursday we're like oh let's do space 1999 and i'm like okay i'll give it a now try. i'm curious what tanya thinks of the original version of wild wild west with robert conrad and ross martin oh see that would be cool that'd be fun oh okay <laughs> <laughs> he, was old, he was an old west game fun 
No, 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 no. Just, just that little, just a little, just a little. Eh. Oh, you're just like, oh God, no. <laughs> Her weekly That's vacuuming awesome. during. Oh, so, so I want to just before we jump into question of the week, I want to point out the the little piece of trivia that I I, I threw to the board, uh, the message board yesterday. Uh, that I, I learned this one. This was somebody who sent this to me, so I, I had to pass it on because it was so cool. So Indiana Jones, mm. born in 1899. And if they age it up correctly, since Harrison Ford is 78 years old, that would place the Indiana Jones 5 movie somewhere in the mid-70s. So how likely is it, do you think, that Indiana Jones will see Star Wars? <laughs> it, it would be funny if they mold yeah, that one over. If they did that. That would be that just would be kind hysterical. of a fun little yep. thing they could throw in the movie. And it, that is randomly popular. And knowing, and knowing Harrison Ford, he'd be all in for it. Knowing, knowing Harrison Ford, right? He'd you'd see Indiana Jones come out of the movie theater. And what the hell was that shit? You know, yeah. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> um. Uh, just I, I when I heard that I laughed. I'm like, oh my god, that's just that makes sense. That's funny. <laughs> so, all right, my friends, it's time for that thing that we do. It's time to do the thing that we do when we do the thing that we do. Yes, that's the one I want to say. Okay, cool. So, Tanya, yes, darling, pick a number. Two hundred and two. Two hundred and two. Nice. Oh, we have, we've done that one. Ah. Uh... <gasps> 121. 121. What character in a movie could have been great, but the actor they cast didn't fit the role? Oh, God. That's a podcast. Wow. Oh, it is a podcast. That's a podcast waiting to happen. We'll, we'll dust over it for this particular thing, but I, I definitely think that's going to be a podcast waiting to happen. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, can we table that one? To you really save, give us a chance you want to, to save, save it for save it for for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's okay. save that one for a podcast because that's definitely a topic. We might not have, have our next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> let's write that one down. Yeah. What? Send yeah. that one out to the to our uh, little uh, yeah. board, to our the little board. chat, so we can think about that one. Okay. Um. Okay. So I'll do a different number. Third time's the charm. Uh. Uh, 92. 92. What problems will technology solve in the next five years, and what problems will it create? <laughs> another, uh... <laughs> the problems that technology will solve is that yeah. Chris will no longer have any technology problems for uh, podcasting. Oh, I'll find problems. Yeah, and, and what it will yeah, create no. is the problems that Chris will find. Um. Yes. <laughs> Chris buys new brand new computer. Brand new computer fails. <laughs> story. That's of always going to be it. That's going to be the story of my life. There. Takes over Chris's house and, and turns off all the lights for him on Alexa. I think that might be the thing, though. Is I think technology will seek to make things better because that's that's the thing that's the thing we always see in sci-fi movies and fantasy movies and regular dramas and whatnot is technology is always portrayed as the thing that is created to make people's lives easier, make lives better. But along the way, here are the complications that it causes. Mm -hmm. If, you know, we, we rely so much on texting and our thumbs 
you know, tapping away at our screens anymore. People are forgetting how to write. You know, the, the pen is becoming almost obsolete in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we forget how to, to do certain things because technology is supplanting the need to do the thing. So yeah, how do you turn I, you on know, a light? Yeah, saying you, you know, now that I'm, <laughs> I use a light switch. Right. I, well, now that I'm on this thread, now that I'm on this thread, thinking about it, there was a scene in, in Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where O'Brien takes the time to cook something for Keiko. And, and she's marveling at it, like, what is this? And, and she's kind of dumbstruck because she's never really had anything, cool. you know, it's Irish. And because it's clearly, yeah. it, it's ethnic authentic for, for O'Brien's character. And she's Japanese, so she's not completely 100% familiar with a lot of this stuff. And so he starts telling a story about how his mother would cook, you know, at a stove. And her, her expression was just astounded. Like, really? She actually, like, touched real, she made food with her bare hand. And, and so that was a very telling thing because for us, for humanity, you know, dinner and, and lunch is kind of one of those social things. It's, a, it's an event, you know, the making of food, the, you know, talking about, you know, sharing your day over the making of food and then sharing that with people. It's, it's all part and parcel with humanity, you know, the breaking of bread right down to it. It's, it's just an age old thing. Is that being taken away from us as technology becomes more and more advanced? You know, to a certain degree, these are questions you have to ask. So there I am on that. That's, I, mm-hmm. I babbled. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. That's <laughs> you know, so. good. I mean, look at what the microwave did. I mean, you can I yeah. mean, you always have to cook it from scratch kind of thing. The microwave kind of short, you know, short-circuited a lot of that to make it quicker. You know, so what are we going to have in the next five years that might do something like that? You know, with all mm-hmm. these smart mm-hmm. devices we have. I mean, are, are things going to get too smart, you know? It's not just your computer going to die, but your whole house going to gonna go into lockdown mode. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I can't get oh in my, my God, house. that would happen to me. <laughs> I can't get out of my house. <laughs> um, Dan, what's wrong? The bathroom door's locked and it won't let me in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's on strike till you clean it. Um, no. it's a, but I can't clean it. It won't let me in. <laughs> or oh, the irony. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. Seriously, because <laughs> that's the kind of thing that would happen to me. I would get stuck in one of those recursive loops where it'd be like, I need to do a thing, but I can't do the thing because something stopped me from doing the thing, and I, well, it it doesn't want me to do the thing until I've done the thing. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think the one of the bad things is too text many a- passwords now. Yeah, it, it is hard. Yeah. Too many passwords. Every, every site oh has their own password, they're all different password policies. You can't reuse the same one and this and that. And if um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, and you really shouldn't reuse the same password for a lot of different sites because mm-hmm. if they hack into one, right. they'll, they'll they got everything. a bunch of them. I, I've gotten messages that says, you know, your this, you know, the, your your password's been comp- this old pass this old password been compromised, you know, and tells you what the password was, and you know, if you might you might still have things that are using this password type of thing. I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, just w- within the last month, both my Spotify and my eBay account have been hacked, but they knew it. Spotify automatically shut it down, and eBay mm-hmm. and emailed me to reset my password. And they're, they're getting better at that kind of stuff, but it's yeah. still, 
it's still there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's so many different passwords and everything that I remember all over the place. I mean, I have a, you know, the, 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 you know, they, what they don't recommend is having a huge spreadsheet of them, which is what I have. Yeah. But there's no other way to keep track of them all. Mm. I mean, there's probably some old ones in there, but I mean, it's a, it's a pretty decent mm-hmm. size spreadsheet of stuff here. Let me show you what my spreadsheet looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. I have my spreadsheet. Is, <laughs> it's 563 lines right now for p- different passwords. Wow. I mean, a lot of these oh are probably old, old and out of date, but still, I mean, these are all things that I've had at one time or the other, or a lot of them are still good. You know, my JC Penny. There's, there's a transition. That. There's a societal transition, by the way. You know, 50, 60 years ago, hey, my car's got the V8 and I've got this and I've, I've fixed this and it's all chromed out and this. That. Now we're talking about, well, my computer is an i5 core, but, you know, I've got about 36, of, you know, 32 meg of RAM or gig mm-hmm. of RAM. And I've got this and I've got the solid state drive. And, I, you know, and, oh, I've got most of this stuff on the cloud. And I've got 50, 573 lines of passwords on my spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> the evolution of the car guy. <laughs> it's different, yeah. I mean, uh, the yeah. only thing I know about my computer is that my microphone doesn't work if I plug in my earbuds. <laughs> we learned that. You know, we learned so that's early this morning. See, we learned something new about your computer already. Yes, uh, I do. But, yeah. So. Uh, in five years, who knows? Anything else we can think of at the moment, or is that a mm. podcast topic? No, I think that's, I mean. Any last hmm. licks, comments? Anyone care for a mint? A mint no, I'm good, having yes. a chocolate chip cookie with peanut butter chips in it. Ooh. It's what for? It's what's for okay. breakfast, huh? <laughs> All right, have breakfast. This is my morning. Oh, I hate there peanut we go. butter. You hate peanut butter? I hate peanut butter. No, that was one of my hot takes of more uh, for me a couple months ago. Ugh. Yep. I mean, truly, more for me. Like, oh, uh, there. I'm going to be eating the last one in a second, so oh. I have to make more. Um, <laughs> And it's like, it's just a hint of peanut butter, so you really can't tell <laughs> all the time. That's a sentence I will never utter ever again. My, 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 our, our dear friend Scott is of the same <laughs> opinion of peanut butter as Billy, right? He's anti-peanut butter. And several years ago, when we went to uh, Kansas City, Missouri to visit our friend Brian before he went in for his, his last round of, of cancer treatments that unfortunately he did not. Uh, did not survive, but we went there to visit him and, and help him kind of get to the hospital and get set up. But his wife, Annette, who we adore dearly, she took us to this this mercantile area, an outdoor mall of sorts at, in Kansas City's heart called Zona Rosa. And there was a fudge shop. And the two of us, of course, were freaking, you know, we turned into 12-year-olds. And, and I got some, quote unquote, peanut butter fudge. Okay, cool. And I got it for myself, knowing full well Scott wasn't going to partake of any any part of it. But we got some cool stuff that he would like to. And uh, and I'm tasting. I'm like, you know what? It's not that potent, you know, for me because I'm used to peanut butter, right? I'm, I, that's a thing for me. And and so I, I said, try it. I, it's got peanut butter, but it's a hint of peanut butter. Those were the, the <laughs> fateful words that I said. A hint of peanut butter, because I didn't think it was going to be as overwhelming as as he he bit into it and he looked. This is the one and only time I've ever seen Scott truly and utterly mad at me. <laughs> you know, he looked at me, and goes, "Hint of peanut butter," and I'm like, "Oh shit, he's going to punch me." <laughs> you know, there's, like, <laughs> there's no such thing as too little peanut butter. You can taste just a hint of it. it like literally like one little drop in something will ruin something for me well see the thing is i know Riker likes peanut butter i'm sorry to hear that 
But I figured that he mm. probably wouldn't try the cookie if he knew that it just didn't have chocolate chips in it. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I didn't tell him. And I let him eat it. He's like, Mom, these are really good. I'm like, you want another one? Yeah. Who was this? Riker. Okay. And I didn't tell him what was, I'm like, because he, he knew I was making chocolate chip cookies, but he didn't see me put the peanut butter chips in them. So uh-huh. I baked them and things like that. And, and like he was like eyeing them as soon as they came out of the oven. Like he wanted one right then and there. I'm like, honey, it'll fall apart. Give it a couple minutes to cool just a little mm-hmm. bit to kind of um, solidify just a little bit. And then he was like three quarters of the way eating his first one. And I'm like, he's like, this is really good. I'm like, can you taste the peanut butter? He goes, peanut butter? I'm like, yeah, there's peanut butter chips in there. He's like, no. And then he's like, oh, there it is. But he kept eating it. And then he went and got another one. So. See, I don't understand the part where people say, oh, it doesn't really taste like peanut butter. Or it doesn't taste like fish. Well, then why are you ordering it? Why would you order fish that doesn't taste like fish? I would not order fish. That's me personally. Well, me either. But, but you know, to me, <laughs> if you like something, don't order something because it doesn't taste like it. You can never have enough caramel in something. You can never have enough cheese on pizza. You can never have, you know, if you like it, oh, it, it doesn't taste like peanut butter. Well, then why are you ordering it if you like peanut butter? Well, we got onto this conversation last night while we were gaming about the, the best type of chocolate chip cookies and things like that. And Randy was saying that his dad would add butterscotch chips to theirs. Oh, I love butterscotch. So... While we were recording, I prefer scotch myself, but there's a bunch of butter in it. Um, Nancy sends me a, a message and a picture of two bags of butterscotch chips. I'm like, and I said, Oh, I guess I'm making cookies with butterscotch. She goes, There seems to be a few fans of butterscotch at the table. You do have that industrial mixer, and you do make excellent cookies, even though I can only eat one or two. They make people smile and life is short. I'm like, yes, I do have butterscotch chips currently in the house. She's like, no reason not to keep more in the pantry. So <laughs> I take it the next time she's over, which will be, she was over last night. So next Saturday would be the 24th, 24th, and which is. 24th, which would be the other campaign, and so it would be the week after that. So that Saturday after that, I guess I'll be getting, unless unless she delivers. I'm sorry, I'm distracted gone. over here. Juno has decided that my feet need to be attacked. Oh. <laughs> so I would see her May 1st. So unless Sean brings me, well, I'll have butterscotch chips in the house anyway. So I guess this week I'll be making chocolate chip cookies with butterscotch chips in them. Hmm. So I might be do, might be doing a delivery, Billy. I don't know if they'd get to you if I send them through Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. That'll work. Yeah. No, they will. If you said these are for Billy, I will not eat any of them because I'm not that kind of guy. If Billy says I don't want them, then all bets are off. <laughs> oh, I want them. I want them. So well, then there you have it. These Dan, are for are Billy. You okay. With butterscotch. That's sacred. Daniel. Daniel. What? Are you okay with butterscotch? Mm, not, not, not my favorite. Okay, so are you okay with peanut butter? Of course. Okay. So all yeah. I have to do Dan, is Dan and I are the peanut butter folks in the, in okay, the party. Okay, so a batch of the chocolate chip peanut butter ones for Chris and Dan. 
mm-hmm. on the table. And then butterscotch ones for Chris and Billy on the table. Why, Chris, why are you getting double cookies? <laughs> because you love <laughs> me? He likes everything. Uh, well, of course that's true, but still, come on. Yeah. He uh, deserves if he likes I'm, everything, I'm he the host. It. <laughs> You're the host. I'm the host. <laughs> oh, is that is that how we're playing this? Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't say it was co-host is making cookies for the host. I okay, didn't, I, I, got... did, I did. I didn't say it was a good plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. All right. So... Stop it, Juno. Jesus, Juno is like attacking my feet. She's like, Dad, play with me. Hey Dan, you're gonna and, and that hey Tanya, like bite me. Hey Dan, stop that. Hey Tanya, you trying to you trying to finish this up? Could, could, could you hit it so Chris can start? No, no, I want to hear you do it. <laughs> Damn it! You're, if you're gonna take it there, okay, I want to hear you do it. I, let's see if I can do this without effing it up. This will be fun. Oh uh, yeah. So so Dan, go ahead and yeah. hit it. <laughs> As this has been another episode of FC3's Monkey Business, a product of the Monkey, Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you like a spider monkey in September of 2021 at the Total Sports Experience. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, because you know if you follow us, we will lead you to wherever the entertainment is. And that's pretty much about it that we have this week. So there! <laughs> It. Have a great week. Have a safe week, and we'll talk to you again next week. Tanya, that was awesome. Brilliant. Well done, Thank babe. You. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> <laughs>